Happy Pride, Black Lives Matter, all Black Lives Matter day, month, year, forever. Break the system. It is Lisa, Ian, and Andre. How are you guys doing? Hello, guys. Happy Pride. Hello. Today in Los Angeles, uh, we have our Pride Day. I would love to participate, uh, but I Thursday decided on the anniversary of my last fall. Literally, this year, this time last year, on June 11th, I fell and crunked up my ankle. On Thursday, June 11th, um, I broke my shoulder. It's awesome. At least you did it in the morning this, this year, and yet yeah. last year you did it in the evening. In the evening time. <coughs> Getting better at breaking myself. Um, I did not take the drugs. I took Break the drugs. Yourself. I took the hydro whatever cordone the first night, and yeah. I'm like, "What the? What's the point of this drug? Are you just supposed to be like high and in pain? Because I was high and in pain. I'm like, this is not helping me get to the bathroom. Being loopy and if it took away the pain, I would understand. It didn't take away the pain. So it's just you know, literally just a little vehicle for white people to make millions of dollars, right? And doesn't yeah. even give you yeah. comfort. And he'll hillbillies <coughs> get high. Just regular people. Not just the hillbillies are into it. I'm no, I mean, no, the bottom line is they're making bil- billions of dollars. Yep. <sighs> Motherfuckers. Okay. So, before we launch into this latest season of Queer Eye, what season is it, by the way? Season six? Season five. Season oh. five. Season five? Season five. Season um, five. We're going to talk a little bit in, uh, a little bit about how not to human. Um, this portion in How Not to Human, she wrote your beloved books. We all read them. We all lined up at midnight in some cases with aunts or cousins or you borrowed a child because you didn't want anyone to know that you were there to get the books for yourself. You celebrated the movies. Uh, You celebrated the cast. We watched them grow up. And then we watched the author, slowly but surely over the last decade, retcon and slowly blow her the self up. Now, we weren't going to bring up the fact that her books were pretty white and there didn't seem to be no, no black people in them. And that the Asian girl, the one Asian girl in there was just poorly named. We let you slide on a lot of that stuff, old Joe. But then you done fucked up. You tweeted some nonsense and basically used your rape as a way to then further persecute trans people. As someone who's been brutally raped, I've never thought of even doing that. You fucking awful monster. So I'm going to let you guys talk about her, but fuck you, Joe, and fuck all your shit, and I'm never going to participate in your crap again. All day, I'll shoot you a bird with my free hand. Bye, bitch. Okay, that's my stance. <laughs> Andre? Very brief and succinct. I love it. Thank you. Um, no, we talked about how we were going to approach this, and we're not here to break down or school anybody. That's We're not here to do that. We, we don't have the energy to do that. If you agree with JK, then maybe this is not the podcast for you. No, it isn't. It just isn't the podcast for y'all. It just, mm-hmm. it just is not. But, you know, it's pride. So we're, we're going to talk about it very briefly and then move on very briefly. I just want to say that as a ha- lifelong Harry Potter fan, this was a very difficult thing to do, but not as difficult as being a Harry Potter fan and also being trans. And I can only imagine the amount of portrayal they must be feeling. Um, I am from here on out. I'm just, I'm just done with, with JK. I don't want to see those Fantastic Beasts movies. I don't want to give her money for merch. I don't, I don't want to do any of it. Now I'm not going to go batshit crazy and burn the books and movies because I already paid for it. Also, we live in a dry area. We're not allowed to do that here. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, no, I, I, you know, I, I have a, I have a pretty good pulse on, on, on the Harry Potter fandom. Um, and a lot of people are in agreement that yeah, fuck her. Yeah. She's not, she's not welcome here anymore. And you know, bottom line, and I agree with this is that she may have written the stories, but we created the fandom and we're going to reclaim it and keep it as our own. And that's where we stand. Um, and I think from here on out, you probably will not hear us talk about Harry Potter or J.K. Rowling. We're just not going to give it airtime. Unless um, I suck my teeth. Um, un- unless, I don't know, I don't know what circumstances. Unless she does could. something even worse, I'm just going to go, ha, 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 and watch her Sky Mansion burn to the ground. Well, she'll be a, a passing joke every now and again. You know how we like to do Walking Dead and all that stuff. Sure. Um, yeah, she's joined that corner of the podcast. <laughs> There's an Ace Vane. Um, uh, if you go to his Instagram, he's, he's at Ace Vane, and uh, Leslie Jones does a guest voice on it. Well, they're all going to go to the B- Black Lives Matter um, protest. It's really funny about getting canceled. Now, what happens to you when it gets canceled? Check it out on Ace Vane's page. You can scroll through it. It's a bunch of it's a Leslie voices a, a white cheerleader chick. It's a that's where Joe went. She went to the place where you can't even ask questions because you're canceled and no one can hear you in that void. Ian, what do you there think you about old uh, Joe? And we know her middle name now is Karen. <laughs> she made one up. We filled it in for you, bitch. Your middle name is Karen. We know who the fuck you are now. You're in the house of, oh, shit, I done fucked up. You went into the sorting hat and came out an asshole. I'm sorry. I got a million jokes Sorted about this effort. Sorted asshole, yeah. Yeah, so what about, Ian, what do you think? <clears throat> I, you know, um, I, was, I was never really a big JK person anyway. I mean, I watched I watched all the, the, the Potter things on on. When it was free, yeah, um, just to be because it's you know culturally relevant, but it's like it's like watching a Mel Gibson movie. It's like whatever. Well, there you go. I'm not. I mean, I'm, for, for for really, it's like you know. But also, honest, honestly, I don't like to watch movie with movies with kids. Yeah, it's just not my thing. You're not a big kid watching. No, it's like we don't have little kids. league baseball. It's like what for? It's a little weird when you don't have children. When you roll, you pull up to some content. And you're like, I don't. This is yeah. not for me. I don't feel we'll comfortable. Two hours watching some strange kids running around. I don't even watch Stranger Things because of that. The earlier. Yeah. I just don't feel. I just feel weird. I watch Stranger Things, but f- respectfully from a distance. When I see middle-aged women thirsting after the cast, I will DM a bitch and go, hey, where do you live? Just want to <laughs> report it to the cops. And oh, that kid's yeah. publicist and parents. Anyway, yeah. Oh. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, she was already in a place in my book where she, she, she never matter. left that place. Right. She was always canceled. <laughs> she just... You just who this? You just you just formalize who the that? forms. You put the stamp on it. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's been canceled, but now to me, she's just been wiped off the face of the earth. I just, I just can't, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um. Yeah. She abra- so all this to say, Yeah, that's yeah. a that's big though for yeah. for someone who's a fan. I, I feel mean, bad for big. fans. Yeah. I feel bad for people, but I just want to encourage you. This too will pass. I've lived through the death of many of my alleged heroes. I stopped having them after a while. I like content cautiously now. And I feel like this is a moment for us to go and celebrate authors of color, uh, black, black, Vietnamese, Chinese, Mexican, you know, Paraguayan. You know, find, find somebody out there who's doing some content that's not a problematic hoe, that hasn't retconned their stuff. There's so much rich culture and stories out there. Go find that person and shock the hell out of that author yeah. and line up outside the bookstore and and pick up your copy, even if you're one person and take three of your friends. Go support those people. 
Uh, because I think if yeah. you go and you reread uh, uh, those books, you're going to find out that, you know, it was cool, but it wasn't that special. I, that's kind of how I've always felt about it. I like Fifty Shades of Grey, what are y'all doing? I guess y'all don't know how to screw well. Seriously. Um, and but, then, I'm, but I'm surprised and like Even Hunger Games, I'm like, eh, it really isn't that good. It's really not, so. Yeah. But I'm surprised to see all of the people that have come out, especially from the Harry Potter movies and the Fantastic Beasts movies to come out. I'm just interested to see how, how this all affects uh, the Fantastic Beasts movies going forward because Warner Brothers put out a very hollow and yeah fake-ass statement, and I'm very, very disappointed with how they're handling it. But I don't know. I think it's only a matter of time before we start seeing the cast of Fantastic Beasts being like, how does Eddie like, Redmayne? Like, well, how I does mean, but, Eddie Redmayne? What did, wasn't he in Danish Girl? Like, how yeah. does Eddie fucking Redmayne go? Yeah. I'm gonna star in Fantastic Beasts. I mean, the the thing that needs to happen here is Warner Brothers needs to be separated from its golden fucking turf goose, right? Oh, yeah, they need to cut ties quick. She needs yeah. to stop getting checks. But they built all this empire on. I've been telling y'all. This is why I don't go, go to on. Disney. I won't go on the well, Disney. Well, if you just here. you know enough people boycott Warner Brothers, then. Won't that won't they? People in a pandemic, it's going to be hard to ask I people know. to give up even more. But you know what? I, I I'm already there. I'm cool with that. But then I didn't. It's not my whole childhood. Anyway, can we stop talking about um this awful fucking woman? Yeah, yeah. Last point I want to make. Uh, you know, how you personally to the listeners now, how you personally deal with this is entirely up to you. It's a That's personal right. choice. Not gonna be mad I, at you if you you still want you still love that stuff. Not gonna be mad. No, no, no. I I I. Still love Harry Potter. I will continue to love Harry Potter, but she is out of the equation for yeah. me. And that's not on that. So let's move on. Queer Eye, season five. Allegedly, I'm in season six on Queer Eye. I'm watching episodes I haven't even <laughs> shot yet. I, I didn't know you were getting screeners. I thought you were supposed to share those. Oh, I will. I so will. I'm not important. I'm not in any guilds. <laughs> so I can I say something that's probably also not going to be very cool to say on Pride Day. I don't know what happened to Queer Eye. I didn't hate this season, but every season that we get away from that first really cool, edgy, mm-hmm. dangerous, important, amazing season, the more I feel like, what? It, who is the show for? I, I think it's great that you're in including tragic heterosexuals. Sure. I mean, we, there's been some tragic heteros that we're like we we're pulling for, but then I'm also like, I don't know. I don't feel like... I feel like you have such an important platform with this show, and it could be much bigger. It's become safe. And have I don't hate that? any of the... Yeah, it's become pretty safe. And I know it's a feel-good show. It's our great British bake-off, you know. I understand that it's a feel-good show, but I feel like... I do. I, when we got to the episode of the, of the not-successful Polly D getting a makeover in Mount Pleasant, I was like... I don't have anything against the dude. I don't know him, but I'm like, I don't, I was so bored. I like, don't, I don't care. But then there were so many cool things. Like the first one up, the first hero who had a dog grooming business, I was rooting for her. What was her name? Rihanna Gray. That was episode two. Oh, sorry. So Rihanna Gray had her mobile pet grooming business and then shit just happens. And again, she needs to bootstrap herself up. Well, you don't want, when you weren't born with bootstraps, you know. So they gave her this opportunity. It was like what we saw with the Jones sisters. She got to brand outside of just her physical body having to be there doing dog bodies. Like that's very physical work, and you can do that as a young person, but to age into entrepreneur, like your, your business thrives beyond you. And she can grow it from there in other bodies, 
can do that grooming. But I love that they gave her a platform. And that's one of the, sh- the things that I love about the power of the show. And it's yeah. not these people. Not, no one was undeserving. I just, that's, that's six to eight slots that are really important. And I don't know. I don't know who's, what the vetting process is. Is it just me? Am I just a bitch? No, I'm kind of. I broke I'm my shoulder. I might be bitter. I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of on board with you. I I enjoyed the season just like I enjoyed all the other seasons. But I I mean, like I'm going to be honest. Like it, it's slowly becoming harder and harder with every season for me to remember the people. Like I can remember people from season one and two, three and four. I'm drawing a blank. Cannot if I think really hard, I could probably other other than the Jones sisters. I, I'm drawing a blank, you know? So I'm just like, I think I agree. Like, I think the show is having a, a bit of an identity crisis. I think it's not really know, it doesn't really know what things it wants to say. And I've noticed that with every season, the most forgettable episodes are one ones where there isn't some sort of main discussion that draws you in. That that plays out with throughout the episode. I'm not saying every episode has to be has to tackle like a controversial political whatever, but also I mean like I think this show has grown past like giving showing like teaching people how to be confident. (laughs) Like I think it's so much more than that. I mean like the first season was literally all about just showing men how to moisturize their skin. (laughs) Right. Like that was the basis of it. And then all these other great things came out of that. And then this time around, I'm just like, so we have some confidence issues. We have some family issues. But like, I don't feel like we need to bring Queer Eye in for that when we have people that could use, that could really use that exposure. I mean, the people, the heroes that are on that show become many celebrities. People follow them on Instagram. They want to you know, keep up. I still follow that guy from the first season, episode two. Tom Jackson, uh, the one, yeah, the one that wanted to be the the comedian, yeah. Oh, I still not, follow oh him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the first season had that uh, danger element, though. They were deep in, deeply embedded in Heartland America. This is certainly after Trump has been elected, yeah. and I think it was important. <clears throat> now, look, I don't want to put these five guys in any kind of danger. And there was many times during season one when I was really, really nervous for for Jonathan. Um, and the world has changed in all of these seasons. It's not solved. Nothing is solved. In fact, we're finding out that everything is very much not okay. I don't know if we were, you guys were paying attention during a get out. <laughs> but Jordan Peele was trying to tell y'all, uh, all the white people, that no, no, it's not okay. Uh, never has been. And it's never been, it's not, co- it's not cool for queers. Trans women and men are, are murdered every day. Tony McDade, still, his killer still hasn't been charged. Cop, you know, who killed him. Or cops, plural. So, like, there's so many things out there. And, and yes, we go to the show for feel-good stuff, but it's it's not just a makeover show. There's tons yeah. of those. We have plenty of those for you, Karen, to go and find out how to, I don't know, stay off the phone and stop calling the police and your neighbors and get a blowout, you know. So, I don't feel like there's, I feel like this show, maybe it's because our, our guys are pulled in all different directions. Oh, they're just Tanny's blown up. They've all blown up in their own yeah. right. But I feel like the show is kind of wavering off course. I'm in agreement with Andre. What do you feel? Or like? just it's just casting a very wide net to get as many people as maybe. And so it, it is steering away from the controversy, which is like why shouldn't it delve into controversy? Right. It has a platform. These are highly 
respected men and people like us want to see what and know what they say right yeah on on all social issues so yeah. you know and you can also have a feel-good tv show while also doing those controversial things. yeah like well that's what they did in season one yeah exactly that's that's so. yeah exactly exactly so it's sort of it's become because it's become this big phenomenon yeah. that they want to you know i mean that's the whole purpose is to make the money yeah, I just have to like wonder just like how much longer this can go on without a significant yeah. change in the status quo. I know we were talking about like what if we just got like a new Fab Five out of nowhere? Right. I love every single one of those guys and love I would miss all of them. Yeah. But it could be interesting. I want to see the next Jonathan Van Ness and the next Thirst Trap, Anthony Porofsky, and yeah. the next fashionista Tan France. I want to see I want to see there are other people like that. That, that could That's be what I was saying. Yeah, uh, we were talking right? earlier, and I would love to see that cast change out. Like, And then our other stars can go on. They're, they're blowing up. They're writing books. They're hosting shows, and they're all doing so well, and I love to see them soar. Jonathan already had like, you know, an Emmy before he started the show and continues <coughs> to be our poster girl for um, politics and being smart and really grabbing the femme title and going, no, 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 no. You don't get to, like, shame me. I own it. I love it. And we weren't in that place years ago. I think the first podcast that we did, I was really afraid for him because he is I, – I, I'm probably misspeaking, Gen Z. Please correct me. I was calling him femme. That's an old, shitty term inside our culture. And it's like now we're embracing that or openly embracing it. I've – love Jonathan everything about him I don't want him to change at all I also love the yeah. rest of those guys the way they are Karamo being the more slight you know the polar opposite probably of how Jonathan presents maybe um but I'd like to see trans and just what what box of queers can we give a platform for to be the next fab five I think that might be where they're going I have no idea mm-hmm. but I feel like these boys there's only so much they're going to be able to do or the show needs to do a, like and a that, tilt back know, towards season one. That in itself is, in a sense, of an accomplishment to what their mission, their their state mission statement is to have more exposure. Right. And so yeah. who's next and, and what other shows? Right. Because that's what it is. I mean, we're going to start seeing shows from all perspectives, like in the next, what, 10, 15 years. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's because every everyone in the, in the Fat Five is off doing their own thing that if season five was the last season, I wouldn't be, like, heartbroken. No. Like, because, like, I know I'll see those guys in other places, you know? So I don't know. I, I just have to wonder, like, what's the what's the shelf life for this thing going to be? Yeah. I don't – I don't – I really don't want them to overstay their welcome because it, it, it might just get cheaper and cheaper. But I don't know. It's just, like – the first season, what what was special about the first season in particular with Jonathan is that it started that conversation of a lot of people had that knee-jerk, rea- knee-jerk reaction, um, a negative reaction towards Jonathan because he was very feminine and a gay man. And for some people, it was an embodiment, an enabling of, of harmful stereotypes. And then all of us were like, well, that's just him. It was because he was authentic is what made him stand out. And he was unapologetically so. That Same thing about how really we felt about discussion. How we felt about Chris on the circle, you know, the yeah. the Mexican guy on the circle, yeah. so sincere, yeah. so wonderful, so authentic, that we were like, yes, it, it's authentic. So yeah, 
I, I don't I don't hate it. I will always watch a Queer Eye when it pops up on Netflix. I didn't yeah. hate watch it. Uh, I just felt like there was a little bit of the shine that's gone off of this. I loved seeing the Fab Five. I don't know what Tan's doing anymore. I think she might have lost her way. Tanny, why are you dressing people in like bad normcore? Stop it. Stop it. Are you tired from being fabulous? Because you are fabulous. Listen, I, love, I love him, but it was I was just what so distracted doing, by the fact girl? that I did not like any of the outfit. Like not a single one. I don't know what's what's happening. I I don't know. I feel like I I look at that and feel like they're never gonna wear that when they leave. <laughs> like they're they're just literally gonna go back to like their old clothes. Like maybe like ha- have a little shirt that they liked from Tan, but like I don't see most of the, those people keeping those styles because like it's a very Tan France aesthetic. It is like he dresses people how he dresses himself, which is not a bad thing. I'm glad he didn't make anyone wear those boots because those boots only work on specific people including tan but the, i just i just cannot do it there tan was, there can was, pull a lot off you're right he can pull it off but to not everybody degree. can but then next and i'm glad fashion. that we're not buttoning up all the way to oh the jowls God, please Love what are you that. doing what are you fucking doing the producers are like tan but like when he was on next in fashion is it next in fashion with um yeah alexa chung i was like what are y'all wearing what is happening i don't i was just laughing i was like who's dressing these two it's just so dumb. Of course, I also take a piss with fashion in general. Some of the stuff. And again, you know, I'm a redneck. What do you want? I mean, I barely, I'm wearing a potato sack today. So, I mean, I'm not a person to ask. But but I also do have sort of a fashion eye to be like, I don't know what's happening here. I'm very confused. But I didn't hate on it. I was yeah. just, I, mm. and I feel like the work that really transforms our heroes is the work that just all of their all of their positive reinforcement throughout the week transforms someone. People are like dying plants. We all need that love and encouragement. People putting their hands on you with love and respect and dignity. Yeah. That's part of its transformation. And I think between Jonathan and Bobby, where they do true transformative physical things i feel like those guys are what i show up for I, i'm not hating on anthony i've forgiven him for some of the uh, mess he's made in the past like girl what and karamo's giving better advice he's not there's some really sketchy advice he gave in the last season we're all going what's happening this season i feel like he was more on point and there yeah uh, but yeah. seeing them all reinforce these people, I mean, that's the magic. You see them. And I don't know if that story produced very well could be look look disheveled and down for this first section. And then you're sure. going to be coming yeah. through it. I mean, I'm sure their story produced to a certain degree. Look, y'all, if you, if you really want to know how your chicken was made, you never ate it. But I hearken to a show that hearken. Am I using hearkening now? I used Dilly Dally earlier today. I don't know what's <laughs> happening to me. I broke my shoulder, J.K. Rowling fucked up, and then my vocabulary just went out the window. Anyway, um, <laughs> is that a sign of COVID? So if I look at, there's a show on HBO, um, kind of gritty like the first season of Queer Eye called We're Here with uh, Bob the Drag Queen, Eureka, and Shangela. And I just, I feel like this is what I missed. I've been missing in Queer Eye. They, they are not the same shows. We're Here is not a makeover show. It's about going into these tiny little towns and where there is definitely a desert of culture for queer people and trans people. So I find it very interesting. And I don't know how much of it is story produced as well. 
there are people who are snarling at them, you know, freaking out, going, Trump's in the White House, while they're drag queens in the streets. We were promised. So, have you guys had a chance to see it yet? Just a couple of episodes with you. Yeah, I've clocked the first two episodes. So, what in comparison to Queer Eye, do you feel, am I just wrong in thinking that it feels like the first season of Queer Eye, or no? Well, for, for it's me... It's not important that they are the same thing. I for me, it. it's like, it's all new, because I don't know... You don't know drag. Yeah. So, it's like, it's interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I'll watch something like that. That's the type of show I like to watch anyway, so... Yeah. Yeah, I mean they're they're definitely having like the super hard conversations, but I don't think yeah they're they're very distinctly different shows. Um, yeah, I'm glad that I watched it. Yeah, that's we're here on on HBO. Yeah, yeah. There's 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 a lot of good conversations happening, and I I just feel like we're missing a little bit of that in Queer Eye, like. If the point of Queer Eye is to uplift people, give them a platform and have hard conversations, then it needs to be more tailored to that. Like, I loved what's his what's his name? The the Italian guy. Like, I thought he was all right, but I I don't I didn't care about him because he had like an entire house and he's living with his two other people. And like the only real problem he had was like job insecurity and like age insecurity which is like, yeah, let's talk about that. But it was like, it wasn't pushed. Like, if they made it about, let's talk about how society perceives age. Like, if we made made it about that, I probably would have remembered I the hero that. themselves yeah. I and that. the episode better. That yeah. you can you can chase your dreams. You can follow this yeah. thing if that's where his intention was. And I think they got to that point. And I loved seeing his father love on him and saying, you don't have to. But I don't know. There's so many spaces for cisgenders what? to work this out. I don't know why we're here. We, I don't know why they need to be on this platform. Also, just watch Jersey Shore and follow Ron's story. That one, uh, there's still that's a makeover in the long run. So, uh, <laughs> Ronnie, that's a slow burn. Makeover. When his yeah, when his his lady stops dragging him behind the car, I will go. The, his story arc is completed. They've stopped <laughs> being physical and making the papers. I just didn't. He was a head scratcher. I found the daughter of the hero, um, of the guy who had the fish place. I don't know mm-hmm. where that guy was from. Where was he from? He had run in with his daughter, and she had left. She had they had a fight, and she left home, and he had the fish restaurant. Oh yeah, that's right. The immigrant I don't story. Yeah. Like he really, Marco. you know. Yeah. I appreciated Mex- the immigrant yeah, he story. Yeah, w- he was from Mexico. Mexico, yeah. that's right. Mexico, and I was like rooting for this guy, and that's really cool. But I really found his daughters more interesting, his kids more interesting than him. Also, what happened? They just they cut his hair an inch short. He looked the same way than when he started. I think it's great that he reunited with his daughter, but I just that one just I don't know. I was like, what? Yeah. I like the priest, but yeah. I don't know, Tan. Again, you made him a dad looking guy. He's a single man. He's not that old. He can't have well, there was a couple of looks where I'm thinking, okay, he could pull himself a boyfriend with this. There was a couple where he was looking, and JVN, like, really shaped him up. Yeah. But there was some yeah. norm core going on here that just wasn't, it was like, what's happening? It was like, he w- I hate to, like, keep harping on Tan, but, like, it's like what rich people think normal people dress like in everyday <laughs> life. This is Tanny, yes, and, yeah. like, Tanny. She's a very posh girl from London. I'm so glad you're successful, honey. I, you deserve I know, it. But, like, she, but you're right. You, she, Tan dresses himself in a very specific way. He's a diminutive bronze 
goddess. I feel but you, also, but I don't think you want to put can, that on everybody else, right? Yeah, but you. But the thing is, you can tell he knows what he's talking about. That's true. He like, has a very grasped knowledge of his craft. It's right. just like, for some reason, for me, it's the color. It's the color scheming. Like, putting people in two articles of clothing that are two shades away from each other is very... Not okay. Not correct, as David would say. Right. Um, you can do that in Los Angeles. You can do that in a lot of cities where, I mean, it's hip and going, but a lot of times people are just distracted by that. I wear pink hair but on yeah, the But yeah, it's a personal thing for me, like, but I'm just like, yeah. it's not appealing to look at for I me. I get looks <laughs> over here and I'm like, you know, we're in fucking Venice right now. I'm standing on the boardwalk and you're giving me, what is this? I'm not in like Mayberry RFD. I don't understand. People yeah. are so basic. I mean, but I, I want to talk about what I did like. I... I always squeal with joy when I see the boys together. I really, that's the part of the show that I enjoy the most, watching them horse around mm-hmm. with each other and tear the people's places apart and yeah. cavorting and, and flirting and being hilarious. That's the part <laughs> I live for. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's going on with uh, JVN and Anthony. I don't know what's happening. I really kind of don't want to know, but I love that they're always flirting. And I love how many times Jonathan slapped Karamo's ass this season <laughs> uh, like it was a thing. Um, I adore this show for that reasons, but the heroes besides mobile pet mobile grooming and like I just had the I still they're kind of lost to me. Who else was in the show? I I saw the um the one where the the, the husband had ALS. Yes. And the wife was was it's a tragic you know, tragic dealing story with that it family in real time. It's going to be so so I was that that broke my heart. I thought that was very and again, it's not controversial, but it's touching. It's very yeah. touching because we yeah. can all put ourselves. I think they they just if they can get stories where we can all put ourselves into. Well, maybe they have. But I mean, like the the guy we who just, the, the guy who had his own house and he had his his parents yeah. over and he, and the big thing was he made dinner for them. Yeah. I was like, come on, how yeah, old are you? Getting tra- getting getting points for doing white heterosexual shit yeah. I feel like is kind of a little bit off off topic these days well I was also waiting for him to be like yeah we had a falling out or like something like happened like a big life moment that kind of put him down this path because like most of the heroes it's something that's happened and they can't like kind of dig themselves out of it and that's why the fat five are there but he Ryan that's his name really just came off as like he just like wanted to feel young. <laughs> and I'm just like, cool. I just, I, it was just not it's fun like Pete to Davidson watch in 20 me. years. Okay. <laughs> okay. Stop tanning. Okay. He's still going to go to the tanning bed. You know, I did like, I did like Abby's episode only because I'm like close to her age. And I was like, just interested to see what they would do with the college student. Yes. The, the activist. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was, uh, it at least stuck in my mind, so that's a good sign. <laughs> I don't know. Tan dressed her up like she was going to a Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, Halloween party. And I'm like, what are you wearing, darling? Like, are this with it? Because when the people rolled up, I'm sure that the show is styling the other people on the show. They're getting their hair and makeup done. They're getting a wardrobe. So whomever styled the activist in her town that rolled up to meet her, that was a beautiful, there was a black woman, maybe two black women, and a dude, and they were styled, and I'm like, Tan probably didn't stand that style those people <laughs> because they looked popping. <laughs> and our girl, and again, you don't want to pull somebody out of her comfort zone. I don't need her to look like the other people, but I just felt like, did we help her? 
It's too safe. <laughs> I I feel like sex just got further away in a long rack focus. I feel like, you know. I think the whole time I was watching it, I was like, oh, my God, this girl is set. She now has a platform. Yes. And people are going to be watching that being like, I want to talk in very high places being like, I want to talk to this girl. And I'm like, yeah, that's what the show is about. But other than giving her a platform, I mean, they they like they made it seem like they like cured her social anxiety. I mean, like she she made some improvements, I guess. But I've had social anxiety know. since I was like six. Here to tell you at 55, Same. fit to turn 56. <laughs> Do what now? <laughs> can y'all you know nominate really me? Love- can we have these people in our house so we can like. Oh, my God. Imagine. Be so funny. I suddenly have to fly to L.A. It's like, um, yeah, and you would be here like as my nominee. <laughs> and Ian would just be oh in God. the backyard going, is, <laughs> is everybody gone? Or he'd just be talking to the sound guy. <laughs> Can we get out of her tragic black clothes? Um, so What I, just, I really loved was that yeah. they involved Bobby more. Yes, they did. Like I noticed they made a concerted effort to show him like going to like the pottery barn with the heroes and being like, so what do you like? Like, let's pick out some things that, that you really like and I'll find a way to. And then he he imparts advice on things. What I love about Bobby is that every time he's showing the house, he'll give you advice like hang the curtains higher over the windows to make the room look taller. Like it was like stuff like that that people took away from the first couple seasons that they could apply to their own life. And I think that's what was kind of missing from this season. And in that girl's um, what's her name again? Abby. I was going to call her Shannon. Um, the most important, and I, she's doing important work. You go, girl, I'm behind you. The youth is the future. Uh, but I think what they did mostly in that story for for her and her fellow activists is they gave them a space to organize. You know, they gave her yeah. a space. I still feel like, you know, Bobby probably would, like, throw a shoe at me. I was really hoping that the sleeping space upstairs would be transformed because... Abby, Abby, <laughs> uh, I was gonna call her Molly. Uh, is sleeping on a mattress on the floor as, as one does, but you know you can't put her in the Ruth Bader Ginsburg wear, and then she just goes and flops on a mattress on the floor. I'm feeling like this is a, a half message. Well, I mean, like that's that was fine with me because like they said like she wasn't gonna be there for much longer. Yeah, it's true. Like, I mean, I, I, I feel years. you. I feel you. Yeah. Bobby's know. also like, bitch. I am not going up these stairs. I'm exhausted. Which show is this? <laughs> I'm done. It's, it's episode whatever. Nah. So. But I, I would like to see them give us behind-the-scenes featurettes on, like, the work that Bobby's crew does, you know, yeah. all the stuff that they have to do. So this was a, there was an old home show makeover show. Like, it was TLC back in the day. I was lock, I was watching it in D.C. It was Niecy Nash as the host, Miss Niecy. And she was uh, trading spaces or something like that. Or, no, not something trading like spaces. That. But, like, she... Whatever that show was called, I, I was there for her, and then I like to see the shit go wrong, and then I tired of that a lot. I'm not looking for that here. I'm just saying I feel like Bobby's crew just has to come in like a wrecking ball and go crazy. So Yeah. What other episodes stood out to people who remembered what the show is about? <laughs> um, I really liked... Um uh, Tyreek's episode. Yes, I like Tyreek. I as found well. I found the the story about him and and Ruth um, very touching and and very interesting. Um, and see, this is this is what I mean. I feel like they actually came into this guy's life and actually 
helped him. Yeah. Like they went and like set him up a bank account because his identity got stolen. Right. You know? And he's like given him a platform because he's a writer and like he they fixed a relationship, an important relationship in his life. That's why it stood out to me. <laughs> yeah. I loved that. That one there, there was there were some great moments like that. And then who's the guy who had the gym? That was I wanna say yeah, Nate McIntyre. So Nate, I was really interested in his story because Nate really just needed some help. He needed that leg up, that bootstrap that people don't have at their disposal. That all y'all keep saying, well, why don't they just blah, blah, blah. Well, if you started searching through your life, you'd see all the opportunities are built in because of your whiteness or privilege. And it was great to to see Nate have that at the be- end of it. I don't know about that uh, scribble jam y'all did at the top of the wall in the, oh, in the gym. <laughs> Wasn't it kind of like a little off? Or I mean, I know this is a white lady and I am not uh, a tagger, but... I would have been like as Karen going, I'm sorry, can I call your manager, Mr. Tagger? Is there, do y'all know Banksy? Anyway, um, it's a very white thing to say. It was just like, it was crooked. I was like, dude, (laughs) you're in Philadelphia. (laughs) Like you're competing with like some major fucking graph on the street. Maybe that guy is really respected. Now he's coming for me. I'm I'm so sorry. I'm I'm an ignorant Karen right now. So, so sorry. Dumb bitch I am. Stupid dumb bitch. Um, Cool. It's okay. Your shoulder's broken. <laughs> my shoulder is broken. It's literally broken. <laughs> oh my god! And I do need to take take some ibuprofen very very soon. Anything else about the uh, the season? Like we want to just discuss again. I hope you guys don't think that I hated it. I just feel like are you guys not feeling the same way that it's a little bit now? It's kind of I just think that there needs to be a shift. Yeah. There needs to be a little a little change. Like I like when they when they do when they did like Queer Eye in Japan back in November. Yeah. That was cool. It was yeah. very different. Yeah. I, but I don't know if it's a location thing. I think it's a I think they need to be more careful with the heroes they chose. Also I don't know if it's because there was two extra episodes this season and all kind kind of blurs together after a while. Um but yeah, I don't know. I'd well, like to no. see it go on if it if it can bring something new to the table. Because right. yeah, I'm I'm just very skeptical skeptical if the way they have it now can can go on. I don't know. Sounds but very doom gonna... and gloom. I really did like the season, guys. <laughs> I did too. Like... I did too. But then as we started to get closer to the podcast, I was like, but I want to talk about how the fact that I don't want this to like die a slow death or just be me. And every single time I feel like we're getting further and further away from the original zest. And I'm not like a second season slump person or a third. It has to be exactly like the first season. I feel like a good series just builds and builds and builds upon what it's got there. And that's tricky to do when you're finding real people. I also realize that you're relating to human beings, but there are dozens and hundreds and thousands and millions of people so maybe this comes down to their vetting process. Yeah. And then with, with you know, COVID-19, yeah. it's going really to make... The next one is going to be makeovers. Trying to get the store even harder. They're just going to ship <coughs> things to people. And uh, Jonathan's going to be in a hazmat suit. Telling jokes. I do yeah. think one of my favorite moments is when Jonathan is explaining the plot to Sister Act 1 and 2. <laughs> um, yes. I was like, that is... So he does so many things very, very well. But that is the moment where I was like that right there. That's classic queer eyes. So <laughs> there was moments that are just classic that are just instant classics. Yeah. And also him telling the the girl who was doing braids for the dog groomer, Rihanna, he was saying people used to trip on me like raising my rates. 
you know, don't, you have to raise your rates. You have to find your worth. You have to raise your rates in, when you're in business because yeah. your experience is going up. Your overhead's going up. Also, it's the right thing to do as a business grows, you know. That's the name of capitalism, y'all. Yeah? Yep. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to go uh, lay down. <laughs> because I'm in pain. I'm holding my hand up because my sling got hot. So now I'm just, I'm just holding hands with myself <laughs> to keep my arm from falling away. All right, yes, well. I'm a champion. Yay. All right, it's time <laughs> to shut this down. Okay. <laughs> uh, just want to say one last thing before we go. Uh, we need to arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor. We need justice for the two young men who were just uh, hanged. Uh, we need justice for uh, all of this. We need to defund the police and siphon that money to programs and individuals who don't show up and kill you just for um, having too much to drink in a parking lot. Yeah. Um, we really need to seriously keep at it, stay at it, do what you can, be out there in the streets, be on your keyboards, donating, raising awareness, talk to your racist family members and helping them understand why um, the way they think is on the wrong side of history, but it's also just wrong deeply, deeply in your soul. And I just got, want you guys to know that I love you, uh, yep. the two of you, very, very much. And I love you guys who listen to us and take care of yourself. And it's not too late to come out of the darkness if you are in that fog. It's not too late to walk out of the hate fog. We'll yep. And you. to our trans family listeners out there, you are valid yes. and you are loved. Trans women are women. Trans men are men. And if you don't want to identify as either, either of those, be safe and comfortable in your body. We love you. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>